Welcome back to Season 2 of Radio Her, a weekly career podcast presented by the Women in Business Association at the University of Toronto Scarborough. Hi, my name is Denisha Fernandez, and I'm a second-year student in the Co-op Management and Finance Program at UTSC. I'm also the Director of Corporate Relations for the Women in Business Association and the co-host of this episode. Hello, my name is Freni, and I'm a fourth-year student majoring in Health Studies and double minoring in Psychology and Economics at UTSC. I am the co-president of the Women in Business Association and a co-host of our podcast. Joining us today is Bethany Larmer. Bethany graduated from the University of Toronto Scarborough with a Bachelor of Business Administration with an accounting specialist. She has also completed a graduate diploma in professional accounting from York University and is currently a senior accountant at Deloitte. During her time at UTSC, she has also been a behavioral research assistant, a staff accountant at Deloitte, and a data quality analyst at Flip. Also, Bethany was Weba's vice president of business oversight from 2017 to 2018. She was part of Weba's first executive team and has given her time and efforts in establishing this association. So Bethany, thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to have you as our guest for season two of Radio Her. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Before we dive into this episode, Bethany, we wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself as well. What is one word you would use to describe yourself and why? Yeah, this is a question that I put a little bit of thought into. I always struggle to pick one word, um, but I decided to use um, sort of two. So I'm sort of bending the rules. I said driven and determined. Um, And I think that this describes me in various aspects of my life, whether it be at work, uh, in relationships, with my hobbies. I see myself as a driven and goal-oriented person um, in every aspect of my life. So I would say that's the word um, that best describes me. Let's get started on the questions we have for you today. So first off, why did you choose to specialize in accounting? Um, Was it like uh, as a result of specific courses or interacting with professors? Yeah, so I was uh, pretty fortunate in high school to actually have business courses offered to me in my senior year, so grade 11 and grade 12. Um, And in those years, I took um, an intro to accounting course. I took um, an intro to finance course. And I really enjoyed those um, specific classes. And I really um, looked up to the teachers who led those classes. And so that sort of sparked my interest in business as a whole. And then from there led me to um, decide I wanted to pursue either finance or accounting. So I came to UTSC with the idea, okay, it will either be accounting or finance for me somewhere in in that route. Um, And so I was open to either specialization. And then going into my second year at UTSC, um, I was part of the co-op program. So um, I took part in mock interviews when I was prepping for my first co-op term. And I actually chose a representative from Deloitte to have my mock interview with. And in that process, um, I connected with that professional and she was very helpful, told me a little bit about herself as well. Um, And then she encouraged me to go to a networking event that evening with um, a bunch of professionals from Deloitte. And from there, I got to learn about their journey in accounting, um, their journey at Deloitte specifically, 
Um, and I, I just really learned that accounting opens a lot of doors um, in the business field and having that CPA designation was something that really appealed to me from that moment on. Um, so that solidified accounting for me um, pretty early on in my journey at UTSC. I think it's pretty natural for people to explore different courses and consider different opportunities um, and career paths. So um, I actually did consider finance partway through my journey at UTSC, but found my way back to accounting. And I'm very confident that this is the route for me. And this is where I want to continue my career path. Yeah, that's amazing that you found out what you wanted to do, you know, um, and I guess asking different professors and even in the mock interviews, especially because I'm also in the co-op program. So mock interviews are super important, especially the fact that you had a co-op interview with someone from Deloitte is amazing because now you're working at Deloitte. So that, that's great that you got like a taste of like their work culture and and who Deloitte really is, you know, so that's amazing. Um, moving on to our next question. You've completed your co-op work terms as a staff accountant at Deloitte. Um, as a data quality analyst at Flip. You've also been actively involved on campus as um, a corporate relations director at the um, Association of Accountancy, Vice President of Business Oversight at WIBA, and a financial strategy consultant at the Management Consulting Group. How have these experiences helped you in your career? Yeah, so I'll start with my experience on various clubs at school because that was sort of the, the springboard for development of my soft skills, which helped me get co-op positions. Um, so as you mentioned, when I was the corporate relations director at AOA, my role was to obtain sponsorships for events um, and that involved networking with various professionals or business owners. So that made me really comfortable speaking with professionals and learning from their experience and also presenting our club and sort of pitching and selling what we had to offer to them. So that sort of threw me in the deep end of networking. And as someone who's generally a little bit more shy or nervous in that regard, it forced me to sort of fake the confidence and have those conversations with professionals. And then naturally it made me more comfortable having those conversations as I progressed at UTSC. Um, so that was my, my number one takeaway from being the CR director at AOA. Um, from my experience, as you mentioned, um, on WIBA, I really learned that there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes in leadership that a lot of people don't see. So um, as you mentioned, I was part of the first group of executives at WIBA, and my friend Sabrina Finelli um, was the founder of WIBA. And so I got to see her really go the extra mile, put in countless hours, and put in so much effort to make the club really take off. But then from a student perspective, you see them sitting in the lobby of IC with the banners up and it just looks like this pretty thing and you don't really understand all the work that went into it. So I definitely learned firsthand the amount of work and effort that goes in behind the scenes to start something that you're passionate about. And uh, it, it doesn't always look, there's a lot more that goes into making it look pretty behind the scenes for sure. Um, now, moving on to my experience at Management Consulting Group. So what I learned here um, is the importance of backing up your ideas and hypotheses with 
financial information. I think uh, what I learned here is that when you have something to offer um, a client, they're looking at something that they don't have themselves. So if they're coming to you for financial advice, they really want to see the impact of that. And so you could have a really great idea and it's really important to explore that, but it's also important to support it with facts and numbers and show them the practicality of it. So it really taught me the importance of moving from a really great idea and a really perhaps creative and fluffy idea to moving to the practicality of actually implementing it and showing them how to get there. Um, and I've applied that in my job currently because my job currently is client facing as well. So that was a really key lesson that I learned there. Um, so then now I'll move on to some of my co-op experience. So as you mentioned, I was a data quality analyst at Flip. And this was completely different than my experience um, sort of in, in corporate world because it's a tech company. So everybody there is very relaxed. Everybody um, is very laid back and they're just truly themselves. People show up to work in jeans and normal clothes and that sort of thing. It's not sort of this front that you get in the corporate world. Um, and so in that experience, I had the opportunity to learn to be myself. and. Um, with that being comfortable, um, sort of just being who I truly am and bringing that to the table. And whether it be my sense of humor, my leadership abilities, it was bring all of that as a package to your workplace. And, uh, and then I think the cool part about learning that at a tech company is it's really encouraged that you be silly, you be goofy, you be your true self. Um, and I think sometimes in corporate world, we can lose that mentality and we just put our best face forward and we go, okay, this is my professional personality that I'm going to display. But what I've learned and applied in the corporate world now through working at Flip is that you do have the opportunity to be yourself no matter what. And that includes humor, that includes um, your personality and all these other things. And yes, bring an aspect of professionalism to it, but also be your true self and interact with coworkers the way you would interact with friends and be personable, be relatable. Um, so that really helped me bring down those barriers at Flip. Um, and then moving on to staff accountant at Deloitte. So um, I started as a staff accountant there on my first co-op term. I completed two co-op terms there before starting full time. And uh, at Deloitte, I have learned the importance of being a team player. So when you're working on a project and you have a lot of other personal commitments on the side, um, it's really important to prioritize your project. And um, being a team player looks like staying late, working late, putting in the extra effort to share the load with your team instead of logging off at five and saying, okay, this is not my problem anymore taking the ownership and going above and beyond to prepare um, a solution or prepare work for your client that is going to satisfy them. And that's what they came to you for. They came to you for a certain service. And so you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward. And that often entails working late and putting in long hours and being a good team player in the sense that you ask when people need help and you're not afraid of taking on hard work. You're able to, to uh, dig deep and, um, go the extra mile to make things happen and meet deadlines. And so um, that would be my biggest takeaway from um, Deloitte thus far, but I'm still learning every day. So that's my biggest one so far. Yeah, first of all, I love how you put it, how like hard work and being your true self pays off. 
um and also just like trying your best in everything that you do you know because you went through so many different experiences but the fact that you tried your best you put your full effort into every single opportunity like that pays off and look where you are now so that's amazing uh, how it all worked out for you um, and it's also great that you had the opportunity to work with so many industry professionals yeah and different companies and different industries um, and this helped you in your position now so that's amazing that it all worked out after graduating from UTSE, you earned the graduate diploma in professional accounting from York University. Would you say that the program helped you prepare for the CFE exam, which is the common final examination? And would you recommend it to other students who want to pursue a career in accounting? My answer to this question is a resounding yes. It was a love-hate relationship, I'm not going to lie. Um, GDIP was very challenging. It's one semester where it's entirely case-based. It's not like our learning at UTSC where there are some case projects, but there's also some um, problem sets and there's exams and things like that. Everything in your GDIP is case-based, and that's because they're prepping you for the CFE. And so it's a very, very steep learning curve. And um, it's because you're doing these cases that you've never seen before and you're trying to answer it in a way that is aligned with the CPA way rubric and that in and of itself is a learning curve because they want to see you answer a question in um, a certain way in a certain manner and, and taking certain technical from the CPA handbook and then applying that and providing a recommendation to your client or whatever it may be in this case and so um, it's tough at first because you're getting this feedback where you're going, oh my gosh, I finished my undergrad and I am doing terrible on these cases and I have so much to learn and cover. But the learning process, you really have to trust it because it's crazy how much you'll learn in the span of four months. Like one semester, I swear, I was not the same person ending the semester as I was when I started because the learning is just unmatched. And you really become like family with the people that you're in this program with because you're all getting the same feedback and you're all having these crisis moments of like, am I going to be able to do this? And so you really stick together. You work on debriefing your cases and learning from your mistakes and then deepening your technical knowledge. And so it's a really unique experience and it's very intensive, but um, it did really help me prepare for um, my CFE. And what I will say is the professors at York U and UTSC for that matter, when I was there, they're really invested in the student success. And so I never felt bad going to a professor with my terrible mark that I had gotten on a case and like embarrassed of it or anything. It was like, okay, this was terrible, clearly. Help me get from this point to where I need to be. And the tips and the learning points and the processes that they went through with us were always so helpful. Um, and it is unique in the sense that you're not learning this technical in a classroom setting. It's not like you sit down for a lesson and they're teaching you how to you know, account for revenue recognition. They're teaching you how to answer a case that involves revenue recognition. So you're learning the technical, well, you're not learning it because you knew it from undergrad already. You're not really learning anything new. You're just learning how to apply it in a case situation in the context that CPA will evaluate you in. And so it wasn't sitting down for lessons. It was, okay, here's a case. It involves technical issues. 
do it. And then we're going to go through the solution together and how you can get to the solution from where you were. So it's a very unique learning style. And I think that was one of the steep learning curves as well of learning how to actually get the technical knowledge where it needed to be without a formal lesson, sit down, we're going to teach you this start to finish, more like trying it, seeing where you went wrong, and then um, learning from that experience. And so the technical comes very organically. You learn it through debriefing your case responses. Um, but uh, yeah, the learning was unmatched. And seriously, it helped me prepare so much for my CFE. I cannot recommend it enough. That's perfect. Honestly, like that will help so many students who want to specialize in accounting, especially accounting. Um, and the fact that examinations and completing them can help students advance in their career and eventually help them get a job even after they graduate, right? So that's great that you like the CFE. That's great. Congrats on completing the CFE. First off, what was the admission process like? And do you have any advice for how other students can prepare for it? Also, was it challenging to work at the same time as studying for your CFE? Yeah, I know that's a great question. And thank you so much. Yeah, it feels really good to have that behind me. And now I can just work towards getting my hours before I get my full designation. So um, I'm very happy that that is done. Um, so the process for your CFE. So it's definitely a unique exam. It's three days long. And in the given circumstances with the pandemic, um, we were writing in hotel rooms. So I'm not sure um, if you guys had heard or not, but normally it's written in um, like a convention center where people are writing on desks and they're all in the same room, spaced out, of course, but all in the same room. And then due to um, restrictions for COVID, um, they actually put us in hotel rooms where each student had their designated room and they wrote in there so that we could practice physical distancing and still get our exams done, which was a very unique opportunity. And I have to say, I actually enjoyed writing in a hotel room. I think it took some of the stress away from seeing other writers scrambling and hearing them typing and things like that. It was very much just like doing a practice case because you practice in a room by yourself. So it was very much uh, similar to that, which was nice. Um, so the process to getting to the CFE. So um, you either complete your GDIP, which is what I chose to do um, at York U, or you complete your core and elective modules through CPA. So if you're doing your core and elective modules, generally you'll be working while you're completing those. So that adds a bit more um, to, your, to your plate as you're trying to do both work and study. The nice thing about GDIP was it was um, just completely studying. I wasn't working. I know people who have done a part-time course load at GDIP as well, and they've also worked on the side. So um, it is possible to work throughout both experiences. It's also probably possible to just strictly study through both routes. Um, but those are the two options and those bring you to capstone one. So this is the next step following either GDIP or your core and elective modules. And it's essentially a very large case that you work through um, in a group. So you're assigned random group members throughout Ontario and um, you work on this case. So it's sort of a divide and conquer mentality. And you have calls a couple times a week to go through your progress and the certain deliverables um, that are due at the end of each week. And they also give you a mentor. So I believe we met with ours once, but he was available for email throughout the whole um, program. And uh, following the end of that case, we then um, we then presented it. And so, again, because of COVID, we couldn't go in person to present it. So we just 
um, recorded our screens and then submitted our um, presentation that way. So again, a unique experience um, being a, a capstone one participant in the middle of COVID. Um, from here, if you're successful in your capstone one um, participation, then you go into capstone two. So this is the self-study program that is the road directly to your CV. So there are practice cases and there's a calendar and schedules on how to do it, um, how to complete certain cases. Some of them are marked by CPA Ontario. Um, I also had the, um, the blessing of being a part of Deloitte at this time. So um, they also have a CPA Advantage program that runs in conjunction with Capstone 2. So there's some additional Deloitte cases that we practice and um, they give you a study group from within the firm that they give you real-time feedback. And so um, the study group really made a difference in my whole experience prepping for CFE because we were able to give each other feedback. And of course, there's days when you feel like you're just going to fail and you can't do it and they pick you up when you're down and, and vice versa. So um, that was a really um, crucial part of my success was having a good study group. But I actually didn't work at the firm full time until after writing my CV. So I didn't have to balance the work and studying, which was nice. Um, for those people who are at the firm before writing their CV, they go on CV study leave. So the firm's really good at giving them time off. Um, and so that's generally not an issue when it comes to work study, which is really, really nice. Um, but yeah, I, the whole experience was really great and it all came together quite back to back. Sometimes it depends on your journey, but you can space it out a little bit more. Um, so it just depends on your sequencing, but that was my schedule for getting to CFI. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Honestly, it's great to know that also you had people to support you during like this stressful time. Because honestly, currently I'm applying to like various co-op positions and I know how stressful it is. So to have people who are supporting you and going through the same, I guess, stressful time period in their lives is really reassuring. Um, just to know that everyone's going through the same thing and the same situation is kind of good to know. Thank you, Bethany, for sharing us, you know, your university experience and also your experience in completing the CFE. Now, moving on to the second part of questions, which are sort of based around your work experience at Deloitte. So the first question I have here is that you work as a staff accountant at Deloitte during your co-op work term, and now you're currently working as a senior accountant. So what was your journey? Yeah, so I started at Deloitte back in 2017, actually, for my first co-op term, and I completed two co-op terms there um, as a staff accountant, as a staff accountant one, actually, to be more specific. And then um, when I came back full time, so I started September 2020 full time after I had written my CFE. And I started full time as a staff accountant, too. And so the roles between staff accountant one and staff accountant two are quite similar. Um, the main difference being as you progress to staff accountant two, you have a little bit more leadership um, role to play in your engagement. Um, and that's just because you have that when you're of experience under your belt. 
So the staff accountant roles are primarily working very closely with a senior accountant. And so the senior accountant is responsible for project management um, on the engagement and managing the client relationships. So whether that be going to a client for audit support that we need, audit evidence, um, or presenting um, a rundown of what the audit plan is for the year, the seniors are more heavily involved in that. And the staff accountants primarily work on the documentation that is allocated to them from the senior. So um, they'll receive the support that the senior had requested from the client, and then they'll document what they saw, put together all the notes in the working paper, that sort of thing. So um, you mainly execute documentation and testing as a staff accountant. So that was heavily my role um, for my first chunk of time at Deloitte. Um, so I would say I progressed from staff accountant to senior accountant really because of my team. And so my team was very keen on um, growth, whether it be um, putting me in front of a client to offer a couple of slides in our presentation or hopping on a call to lead a client walkthrough. Um, my team was always really helping me grow and get that exposure that I needed to progress into my next role. And I think that's across the board at Deloitte. Everyone's very keen on professional growth and development. So they're going to help you get that exposure that you need to progress in your career. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, they would put me in front of the client and help me lead partner meetings um, when I was just starting out to give me the necessary exposure. And obviously that's very nerve wracking when you're first starting out. Like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like I'm equipped to actually lead this client meeting or I don't feel like I have the competency to sit down with a partner and explain what's going on here, but they help you and they guide you. And the biggest thing I would say that helped me progress was just asking questions because people know that you don't really know what you're doing. And so especially just starting out, they're so helpful when you just say, hey, can you explain this to me? How do I do this? I'm feeling a little nervous about this meeting that I'm going to lead. What are your tips? What are your advice? And they're very quick to say, okay, hey, this is what I would do if I were in your shoes. Or, hey, let's do a practice. Let's sit down and you can pretend you're leading the client meeting with me. Um, so it was def definitely never like being thrown in the deep end. I was always given um, people and resources to help me succeed. Um, but definitely they helped me get that exposure early on, which has helped me in my career development and now becoming a senior accountant. Thank you for sharing your experiences. It's nice to see how the supportive work environment at Deloitte has really helped you progress in your career. And, you know, one more thing that I would like to add is specifically when you're working as a co-op student, I think, as you mentioned, you know, the best thing is to let them know that you're willing to learn. And then that's how they will sort of, you know, give you more responsibilities. And that's how you will basically grow throughout your co-op experiences. So that's nice that you got the opportunity to lead different meetings with clients to become what you are today. And then just moving on to my next question, I wanted to ask, what does a typical day at work look like, like a senior accountant in a fast-growing and challenging environment? So a typical day at work is um, specifically in a challenging environment that's constantly growing and changing is just constant growth and improvement. So there are emails that we get sent um, firm-wide that talk about um, whether it be CPA uh, regulation changes, 
auditing standards um, that have changed, internal guidance that is changing and improving, and, and the changes that we need to make in our testing and our audit as a result of it. So uh, one way that I sort of stay on top of that is just making sure that I'm ahead of things before I submit my work. So for example, if I'm preparing a working paper and there has been um, a standard change or something like that, I'm gonna make sure that I'm going to our internal resources and I'm applying the changes and improvements for the current year. And that way, because my work goes through multiple levels of review, so that way before I submit it, I've shown the person who's reviewing my work, hey, I've made an attempt to actually apply this new finding or this new standard that we have. Um, and then I can get the feedback on that as opposed to submitting something, sort of forgetting that there's been a change and then having them point it out or call it out that, oh, you need to do this, you need to fix this. Um, so I would say what I do is I try to get ahead of it and apply it in that manner first. So that way they can see that I've actually attempted um, another thing I do is I meet with people who do review my work just to get that constructive feedback. So um, we, we have these IRPM check-ins, they're called at Deloitte, and uh, it's performance feedback. So I'll meet with the partner or senior manager or manager on my engagement, and they'll tell me some things I'm doing well, and then they'll tell me some areas where I can improve. And that is really important to stay on top of your growth um, career-wise because otherwise you'll have blind spots where you don't see the areas of weakness in your work or in your professionalism. And so um, having those open and honest conversations where they are going to give you constructive feedback and then not only just hearing that feedback, but then making note of it. And I actually keep a file of my notes with those meetings um, so I can look at the moments um, or the areas where they've called out areas of improvement in me and then I think of practical ways that I can apply that in my day-to-day -day. and so not just hearing it because that looks really good to the person giving you the feedback but then actually applying it and saying okay this is how I'm actually going to address this area of improvement that I have so that the next time I have this meeting with this person this is actually a strength um, so just being aware of those areas of uh, professional growth and then also, like I mentioned, staying on top of the technical developments and changes in accounting and, and in the industry of the client that I'm working on. Thank you. That, those insights would be really helpful for students who are hoping to pursue a career in accounting. And I really liked how you also mentioned some ways in which we can take positive criticism to then, you know, develop and grow um, our skills. And I know that in our conversation right now, you mentioned that time management and communications were some of the skills that have helped you succeed and grow in your role. So that just lines up with my next question that I have with you for you here is that what are some technical and soft skills you've relied on to become a senior accountant? Yeah, so you you nailed it by saying time management and communication. Like those are probably the two most important things I would say. Time management as a senior accountant is huge because you're sort of in this position where you're managing both down and up. So you're giving work to the staff accountants that are helping to assist you in the audit, but then you're also relaying information to 
the people above you. So the managers, senior managers and partners. Um, so there's already two levels of communication there that you have to balance. And then there's also the client facing communication. So you're sort of the middleman between all of these people and you're trying to not let things slip between the cracks and not miss deadlines and keep track of everything. And so time management is huge. And so what I like to do is Microsoft Teams is a pretty new interface from my understanding. And my team has really utilized it in terms of a dashboard. So we have, okay, these are the tasks that I'm working on for this week. These are the questions we have for the client that we can't forget about. And these are the items that are ready for review. And we have a touch point weekly where we go through the various columns and the breakdowns um, so that we don't miss anything. And so everything is sort of on that board. And then that helps us plan our time too. We can see, okay, Bethany is stretched pretty thin this week. I have some capacity. Let me see if she needs help with anything or vice versa. And so that tool has really helped us with time management um, and just allocation in terms of work. Communication is my next soft skill that I would say is so important on this job. Like I mentioned, you're communicating with the people, um, the staff accountants that work on your team, the partners, managers on your team, as well as the clients. And so to be able to communicate confidently and clearly is very important because a lot of issues can get complicated quickly, especially when you're dealing with complex accounting situations or transactions, things like that. So being able to walk people through your thought process in a way that's clear and they track with you because it's one thing to be in my head and understand what I'm thinking. And it's another thing to hear what I'm saying. And if there's a disconnect, we're gonna be on two different pages. So clear communication is very, very important to uh, succeed in this role just because you do have to articulate your thought process and, and sometimes it can be a bit confusing. So those are the two soft skills that I've heavily relied on. In terms of technical skills, like I mentioned in the previous question, just maintaining um, my current knowledge with accounting and auditing standards so that I can apply those properly in our testing. Um, that's been really important as well. And again, I'm not perfect at it, nobody is, but making that attempt to say, okay, this is something that's changed, this is new, I can improve our documentation this way, and I'm gonna take a stab at it, I'm gonna try. I know it's not gonna be perfect, I'll get the feedback um, and the help I need from the partner and manager, um, but taking a stab at it and being aware of what's going on and trying to apply it in your own context. Um, those have been uh, the technical skills, I would say, that have helped me succeed. Thank you, Bethany, for sharing your experiences. And this would be really helpful for, again, students that are looking to pursue a career in accounting, especially like the fact that you mentioned the dashboard on Microsoft Teams. I think that's a great way to, you know, uh, run teamwork and, you know, also play around with other people's schedule and see what they're available at. And definitely, I agree that communication is key to teamwork, especially when, you know, you're working in a very challenging and fast growing environment. And so my next question here is, what do you love the most about your job? What gets you up out of bed every morning? 
This is such a good question. I think it's so important to remember this, even in my own day-to-day life, to remember why I love this, because there are times when it gets stressful and life gets busy. And so to remember why you love it is really important and to just hold that in the front of your mind. So the reason I love my job is because of my team. Like I mentioned, the team environment at Deloitte is honestly so great. Like I cannot rave enough about my team. They've given me opportunities, like I mentioned, to be in front of the client when I was just first starting out. They're very invested in like, okay, do you have too much work? Can I help you with anything? It's very much, it almost has like a family feel, I would say, because we all really do care about each other's success and making sure that people aren't left stranded trying to do something when they really need help. So my team gets me out of my um, gets me out of bed every day to think, okay, I get to work with this awesome group of people and professionals who are so smart, like the things I learn from them, it's crazy. But then they're also so personable. And we have so much fun as a team, I had the the opportunity to work with them previously on co op terms before. So even though I now started full time in a virtual environment, I had the opportunity to be with these people in person before COVID. And we would do team socials like once a month. And when we would have our staff meetings in person, we would do the the hard work of talking about what's going on at work, first of all. And then we would always just chit chat and, and be friends really outside of work. And so that is for me why I love my job, because it's such a unique area where you get to work with people that are so smart are so fun and they're all around your same age because we're all sort of starting out our careers together so it really does feel like school but just continued into the workplace so my team is amazing I love them and I can't say enough good things um And now it's cool because I get to teach some staff accountants things that I've learned from the people that were seniors when I was a staff accountant. So it's cool to see it come full circle. And when you explain something to someone who's confused and you see them have a light bulb moment, it's very rewarding to say, okay, awesome. We all are on the same page now. We understand what's going on. And then again, providing like a service that your client wants and seeing how it's helping them as well in the long run. So when you look at the big picture of what you provide for your client and and the work you get to do, it's all very rewarding. And so that, that is what gets me out of bed every day. Thank you so much. And it's so nice to hear how you have a work environment or like the team that you're working in is almost like your family, because I think that's really important to, you know, also enjoy what you are doing. And also that, you know, gives you the motivation to even work harder because you also want your peers to succeed as well. Exactly, exactly. It's a really unique environment where we're all cheering each other on and we want each other to succeed. So yeah, it's uh, it's the best part for sure. So moving on to my next question, I have a friend who works in accounting and I know that during like March, April, she gets so busy that she's just working all day. So I wanted to ask you, you know, that tax season can be very stressful. So what are some of your hobbies that help you relax and de-stress? Yeah, no, this is such a good question because it's so important to have these hobbies on the side during a busy time. Like for me, um, I know it's 
uh, busy different times of the year for tax professionals versus audit professionals. So for me, it's busy um, January, February, March. Normally around April, it tends to calm down a little bit, um, but then we have busy times again when we're doing interim reviews throughout the year or different standalone engagements. Um, so, but primarily January and February is when it's most, uh, when it's busiest. So I make an effort. My the thing that keeps me sane during these long hours is taking a break to exercise. And now that gyms are open again, it has helped me so much just to be able to leave my house, go get a workout in, sweat out your stress, and then come back and you feel fresh. You've got a clear mind. You're ready to tackle your next list of things that are on your to-do list. Um, and my team, thankfully, I know I've said so many good things about my team already, but another thing I love about them is that they're very flexible. So um, if they say, okay, you need a break halfway through the day to go to the gym, go to the gym. Like it's all good. Come back and get your work done after. Like it's very flexible now that it's work from home in the sense that if I need a break partway through the day, I don't feel guilty stepping away because I know I'm going to be getting my work done anyways. So I might work a little later into the night that day, um, but I've taken a break when I need to instead of sitting at my desk and just not being as productive because I needed to step away. So the team really helps with that, I have to say. Um, but another hobby that I love to do um, in January, February during busy season for us is skiing. Um, so I recently, my boyfriend, I got him to take up skiing as well. He was a little nervous about it, but he loves it now. So we make an effort a couple weekends every month to go skiing. And that gives me something to look forward to. So, um, when the weeks get long and I'm working really long hours and I feel like, oh, I just need a break. I need something to go do. That's fun for me. Having something on the calendar in advance, like a ski day with um, my boyfriend and our friends or something, it really helps me get through the week and gives me that um, that little excitement, that push of excitement I need to still stay productive, be efficient, get stuff done so that I can enjoy my time on the ski hill. So um, I would say, yeah, planning those little things and having moments to look forward to really helps me with my mental health in busy season. That's great. And I definitely agree with you. It's better to take the time to relax and de-stress rather than, you know, just working, but still being unproductive. So that's really nice. And just to wrap up this section at your work experience on Deloitte. So the last question I have for you here is, has working at Deloitte made you realize your career goals? Yeah, it definitely has. And something that I've learned about myself working at the firm is that I thrive on a blend of group work and working with people, whether it be client facing or my internal team, as well as some individual work where I get to sit down and sort of block out the world and do my technical accounting auditing work that I, I also love to do. Um, and so for me, I now know that the career path for me, whether um, it be staying in accounting and audit um, or something else, I know now the kind of work mix that I like and that I thrive on. And so um, I love the technical, like I said, working on a complex accounting issue. I feel like a nerd for saying this, but it does give you some joy when you figure it out what's going on and you get it all documented properly. 
So I love that part of my job, but I also love the people and the face-to-face interaction, whether it be over a screen now in COVID or sitting around a table together. Um, so I know career-wise that that's something I'm going to look for and I'm, I'm going to continue to do. Thank you so much. And we wish you all the best in your endeavors at Deloitte. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Moving on to the last few questions that we have for you today. So from all of your experiences, whether it be co-op, jobs, what advice would you give someone who wants to be in your shoes? Yeah, so what I would say to someone who wants to, whether it be in my shoes specifically or just have the job that they want um, in the career field that they want to pursue, I would say start networking. Um, Get to know people in the role that you're interested in and reach out to them like, I think UTSC provides a lot of cool opportunities for networking and you can meet people from across industries um, and across different workplaces all in one spot. And so you have that unique opportunity to pick people's brains and say, hey, I want to be where you are. How did you get there? Like, what were the steps that you took? And then just have an honest conversation and learn from them. And networking can be intimidating. And something I remember hearing when I uh, was a student at UTSC was pretend you're just talking to a friend and you want to get to know about their life. And so like you would do with a friend, sit down and say, hey, like, how's it going? Or if you really wanted to learn something from them, how did you get to where you're at right now? And listen to them and learn from them. That's how you look at networking, not can I get a job from this person or can this person put in a good word to HR for me? You know, like I think it's really important to sit down and take the pressure off yourself and look at it more as a learning opportunity. So reach out, ask for the 30 minute coffee chat and uh, and just get to to learn from people and hear about the different ways people have grown their careers. That would be my biggest piece of advice. I actually love that advice so much because networking can be so like intimidating, especially because during like co-op courses, we have to do networking events and it can seem very um, scary to talk to someone who's an industry professional, right? But I love how you said that just think of it like you're talking to a friend because that's so true that, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's going through the same thing and someone may have so much more knowledge than you and the fact that you're coming and asking them is already half the battles won, you know? So just asking and if that person opens up and is willing to share with you some of their advice and tips like that's even better than you would even hope for. So I love how you said think about it as you're talking to a friend. I'm going to keep that in mind for sure. Good, good. That one helped me so much. So I'm glad it it, uh, resonated with you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Um, And the last question we wanted to ask you is that since you graduated during the pandemic, how was your transition from school to securing a full time job? Do you have any advice for students on staying resilient during challenging times? This is such an important question because the job environment and the process for getting a job right now is so different than it has ever been before. Um, so I actually had the um, the opportunity to um, receive a full-time offer for Deloitte before I had actually graduated. So this was pre-pandemic. And so I had the job um, already coming into September, 2020, before I had even finished my last semester at UTSC. So thankfully I had that and I didn't have to worry about applying for a job in the middle of pandemic times. But all of that to say, I know it is possible. And um, I know a number of people, friends of mine um, and peers from school, 
who have secured jobs in the middle of the pandemic. And um, just speaking from one experience that I've heard about, um, I have a friend who it took her a while to actually get the job she wanted. And so she was reaching out, applying for jobs on LinkedIn or um, on different platforms and got quite discouraged because it was taking a while. Um, but she really stayed positive and she stayed persistent. Like she kept applying, she kept altering her cover letter to um, really be specific and tailor it to the job she was looking for and um, applying her skill set to that as well. So she stuck with it. She stayed positive and she ended up landing an amazing job actually out of California. And uh, so what I would say is just stay positive. Like, don't get down on yourself. It's going to be a unique situation now with everything being virtual. The interview process is virtual too. And like everything is just unique and different. And so stay positive, stay persistent because the door is going to open eventually and it's going to be a really great thing. You just have to stick with it. Um, and I've also seen like numerous people transitioning jobs in the pandemic. So um, it, it definitely is possible. And I would say just stick it out and adapt to this new interview environment where you're applying online, interviewing virtually, um, and, uh, and it'll come together eventually. So I would say just my piece of advice would be stick the course and stay persistent. Yeah, thanks for sharing that because it's very, very hard for students, especially um, transitioning during the COVID season, because first of all, without the pandemic, it was just as hard. So with the pandemic, it's even harder, you know, especially because you're interviewing online, you don't really know who the person is just from a screen. So persistence is very important, constantly applying, never giving up. So I actually love that advice so much. Awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad. Thank you so much, Bethany. And on behalf of the whole Women in Business Association team, we wish you all the best in your endeavors. Thank you so much for taking the time to being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. This was so great to chat with you guys. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you find this episode and our podcast motivating and inspiring, feel free to share it with a friend or share it on your Instagram stories. This would be really helpful for us in getting more listeners. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on our social media platforms, which are linked in the show notes below to stay updated on our upcoming episodes. See you next week on another episode of Radio Her. Thank you.